welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. Hey guys, welcome back to the Oh My Allergies podcast and in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about what is a latex allergy. Before we get started, I want to say that there are three main ways that you can support the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast, rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts because it helps a lot with growing the Oh My Allergies community and sharing the podcast with people that you know and that you don't know. So those are three major ways that you can help with supporting the Oh My Allergies podcast. So I would really appreciate it if you are not subscribed to the Oh My Allergies podcast that you hit that subscribe button on wherever you listen to your podcast. Rate and review the podcast specifically on iTunes and Apple Podcasts because like I said it helps with growing the Oh My Allergies community. Also allows me to be able to see the things that you guys love about the podcast, some things that you want to see from the podcast and Most importantly, share, 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 share the podcast with people that you know and that you don't know. So whether that's your mom, whether it's somebody that you just overhear talking about their allergies and you're like, hey, I listen to this podcast called Oh My Allergies. I think you would enjoy it. Definitely, definitely, definitely would really greatly appreciate it. And I also want to thank you guys so much for all of the support and all of the love and all of the messages that I have received on Instagram because they really just motivate me to keep brainstorming different allergies and different topics to be able to talk about on here and to bring awareness to so many different types of allergies because yes a lot of people have food allergies but there's a lot of other allergies that are out there as well that people may not really realize and really just overall bringing awareness to the overall umbrella of allergies because a lot of people don't take them seriously still and it's very frustrating the amount of things that I've seen in mainstream media about people making fun of people who have allergies of any sort, whether it's, you know, food allergies, whether it's seasonal allergies, whether it's, you know, makeup, beauty products. I think that means that we have so much work to do in terms of people being educated and really realizing the overall importance of knowing what allergies are, knowing how they can quickly turn into a life-threatening situation for some individuals and why even though you may not have allergies why it's important for you to learn about them and be aware of them because you may come across somebody who has them or you might be cooking um, for an event where there's going to be people who have allergies so really just making sure that you are well aware of what to do in those different types of situations so once again I really want to thank you guys so much for listening to these episodes telling me you guys' feedback about each of the episodes and really just helping the community grow because it's grown so much since I originally started this podcast and just to see you guys say really great things about the podcast and how it's really helping you and allowing you to learn about so many different things is really just my goal with this podcast so yeah 
got a little sappy not really a sappy person but I did want to thank you guys because I really 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 do appreciate it so the reason why I wanted to talk about what is a latex allergy because I personally have a latex allergy and I wanted to talk about you know what a latex allergy is you know talking about symptoms talking about causes of having a latex allergy and also talk about the effects that it could have on your skin which I think a lot more people are more familiar with but also the effects that it can have on your diet because for some people who have a latex allergy people may develop allergies to certain foods because of the protein um, being found in foods um, and those types of foods is really similar to the protein that's in rubber so I thought that that would be interesting to talk about how latex and food allergies can come together in this type of way so before I get into today's topic you guys know I have to talk about what's been going on so what's been going on with me while well, I've been wrapping up my PR certificate program and I really just can't believe that summer is almost over guys like this summer has gone by so so fast like it's just absolutely crazy to me because that means that I'm going to be going back to college soon and that's right around the corner and honestly like that thought alone gives me a headache because I don't really know how my school is going to be able to open with Georgia being in the state that it is in in terms of COVID-19 and people coming from all parts of the country to come back to school and having to live with people you don't know it's 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 just kind of really scary and nerve-wracking to have to think about going to college in COVID time because especially if you are like a freshman or something or you know you're in a position where you're going to be living with people that you might not be all that familiar with which means you don't really know what they've been doing throughout this whole quarantining and everything you don't really know any of those types of things and you're kind of putting yourself at risk by sharing a living space with people that you just don't know like we're in a whole different ball game now because I know before like this is stuff you still have to think about but for you to not know whether or not the person you could be sharing a bathroom with is asymptomatic like that's kind of really just just spooky and just oh my gosh it just gives me a headache to be honest like it's just so nerve-wracking but speaking of headache lately I've been dealing with like these really really bad headaches and migraines so that's why I haven't really been as active on the podcast Instagram and why there wasn't an episode last week because it's just gotten to the point where my head hurts like to keep my eyes open and it honestly just feels like someone is like squeezing the absolute crap out of my head yeah it's just it's just not really a great feeling so that's how I've been feeling as of late and really just trying to catch up on my rest because I've been feeling a lot tired lately and I feel like my sleep schedule is just really just out of whack and that because of all of that like my headaches are just really just really strong and to the point where like I kind of want to cry because it just hurts so so much and like all I can do is just go to sleep and then like my head feels 
so much better and like taking like ibuprofen and like different pain medications like that but yeah I've really just been dealing with a lot of headaches as of late and I normally am not a person who really gets really bad migraines or headaches so I know it's because I've not been really getting that much sleep um, and that I've kind of been a little stressed out as well so I, that probably has something to do with it too so I've been trying to really not be on social media as much um, because I feel like you know you can't have that just be your whole life where you're like constantly like checking social media like all the time so really taking the time on the weekends to really just take a step back or even sometimes during the week just taking a step back and just you know realizing that there's so much more than just Instagram and and I mean I know all of those things but I think sometimes a lot of us can just be so used to being glued to our phones all the time and I think for me like I'm always when I'm always on my phone I am always on my phone for business reasons whether it's talking about the new episode that was on the podcast or trying to stay engaged and talking with other people and answering different questions and concerns and I love doing all of those things but after a while I feel like for me personally it can get overwhelming at times because I feel like I put this pressure on myself that if I'm not constantly on there talking about the podcast talking with other people answering different questions that I'm not doing a good job and that's definitely not the case and for me like I'm either on my phone or I'm on my computer or any of my work computers and it's just I'm staring at a screen all the time so I've really been trying to incorporate taking a lot more breaks and stretching a lot more and really allowing my eyes to be able to get some sort of rest because from going to a phone to going to a computer to going to a computer to going to another computer and doing it like every day that like puts so much strain on your eyes and um, I wear glasses so for some reason I thought that it wouldn't be as bad but I'm honestly considering getting like blue light glasses or something like that because like I'm on a computer a lot I'm on it for like work and also for podcast work and blog work and things like that so I'm constantly having to be looking and staring at a screen so I'm gonna have to figure out a healthy balance for me and you know my sanity and my mental health so that's basically what I've been juggling within the past like week and a half to like two weeks is trying to really just find that balance for myself because I feel like that's really important to being able to make sure that yeah you you know I enjoy being on social media and I find it really cool to be able to connect with other people who have allergies like myself and being able to put the podcast out there and being able to do a lot of you know promoting and marketing and being able to you know share with you guys the new episodes that you know we're creating for the podcast and stuff like that but you know just finding that balance for yourself is just really 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 important so that's what's been going on with me lately so I guess I can get right into my foodie likes and my foodie dislikes so my first foodie like is something that I literally just came across like Within the past couple days, I went to Whole Foods and I was trying to find a new like snack to be able to try because I'm trying to do more healthier snacking. So I came across these 
um, little bites from this place called Pure Bliss Organics. And guys, these bites are so amazing. I love them so, 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 so much. Like they are so good. So basically this company, when I did some research on them after I tried them and found out that I really, really liked them, they're actually based in Georgia. And I was like, no way. Like that's so cool that they are a local company. And then um, I found out that they have like so many other different products, but the product that I'm a big fan of, it's their organic chocolate sun butter sprouted seed bites. And guys, these bites are so amazing. They are nut and allergen free. So really love that. We love that for ourselves. And it has sprouted seeds and oats in it. It has like um, amarath in it. It has cocoa nibs in it. There's dates in it. And it has coconut sugar, which if I'm going to be exposed to some sort of sugar, I'd rather it be coconut sugar than, you know, stevia. Not really a big fan of stevia. I just don't like the taste of it. And it's really not all that great for you either. Well, sugar as a whole is not that great for you anyway. But, you know, I feel like, in my opinion, coconut sugar is better for you anyway. But I really like that all the ingredients I can pretty much, you know, say and like know what I'm reading. And that I'm like, okay, I recognize those ingredients. They're not hard to read, that sort of thing. So they are gluten-free, they're nut-free, they're vegan, um, there's no GMOs in their products. Like I said, they're organic and um, they are made with sprouted ingredients. So what I like is that, for example, for the oats that are in these bites, they are organic sprouted gluten-free oats. So I really love that all the products that they use in, the, in this product are organic, like all of them from the organic sprouted pumpkin seeds that are in there, from the organic brown rice crisp that are in there, from the cocoa nibs, those are organic. Like everything is organic guys and I really love them. And to me, it tastes like a healthier version of like a crunch bar because of the crunchiness from like the seeds and the oats that are in there. Like it tastes so good and they are just I love how they're like they're so cute because they're like really really small and I just like how you know I can put some like in a bag and if I was in regular everyday to day life I would definitely put these in my backpack for school to be able to have a stack in between classes and you know if I was still going cycling then I would definitely like to have this as a post-workout snack um but really enjoy these highly highly recommend them like I said I got them from Whole Foods and actually today the the day that I'm recording this episode I was trying to do like a search for these things because when I went to Whole Foods to get more of them because I only bought one bag because I wasn't sure whether or not I was gonna like them but then I was like well maybe I should get two but then I convinced myself to only get one kind of wish I got more than just one because I should have known that I was gonna like them but I went back and there was only one bag left and then literally me and my mom we went to like two Sprouts farmers markets and could not find them because their website said that they sell them at Sprouts as well so I literally could not find them so now I'm like on a deep dive search on trying to find them might just cave in and buy them from their website even though it's a little bit more expensive to buy them on their website than to buy them in the store but 
girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do to be able to get her snacks so definitely recommend trying these snacks because they are so good guys like they are so so good but another um foodie like that I've been liking as of late has been the aha orange and grapefruit sparkling water because this would not be an episode if I did not mention sparkling water like I feel like I'm I sound really bad because I always mention sparkling water in like every single episode but hey I just really 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 enjoy them like I just really enjoy them so like I said I've been a big fan of the aha brand as a whole and they just have so many different flavors to choose from but lately I've been liking their orange and grapefruit flavor and then also recently tried their um what was it I want to say it was called like strawberry and cucumber which is definitely a different type of mixture because I would definitely not think of putting those two together um but I'll talk about the orange and grapefruit one first so really love that big fan of orange sparkling water big fan of grapefruit sparkling water never really thought of mixing the two together but they taste really good together in this drink it tastes like really refreshing and I just really love it like if you are a big fan of orange and grapefruit sparkling water then like you will really like them mixed together um I really like that there's not any sweeteners in this there's no sodium there's no calories it's naturally flavored so really am a big fan of this flavor and now for the strawberry and cucumber now that one is surprisingly really like refreshing like because of the cucumber in it and I'm a big fan of cucumber water which is hilarious because I used to not be a big fan of of cucumber water I used to think it was absolutely disgusting but we're older now our taste has been refined but really big fan of this one it's very very refreshing and it's very like cooling like I feel like this is a really good drink to have after you um like did a really hard workout and you want something that's really refreshing and cooling and like relaxing to drink like I feel like like this is that type of drink so highly recommend trying uh, both of those flavors like the other one there's no sweeteners in this one there's no sodium there's no calories it's naturally flavored and it just tastes amazing highly recommend them um you can get them from pretty much anywhere i think by now um i remember when they were first like brand brands making new and it was i only found them like in kroger but now i feel like i'm finding them in other like grocery stores and things of that sort so highly recommend trying those two drinks so another one of my favorites has been from the brand traditional uh, medicinals and it's their raspberry leaf tea so i came across this tea online when i was trying to figure out um something that i could have for like period cramps and stuff like that so i did some research and i was trying to find like some natural remedies because my cramps aren't that bad as like how they used to be when i was like younger but still like maybe like the first couple of days like the pain will be like ugh, like it'll be like harsh and it's like ugh, like I feel like someone like is like punching me or like putting a knife through my intestines like it's hardcore so I always do like 
research like every month because I don't know I feel like I'm gonna find something new each time and I always prove myself right because I do and I find something new to try and then I'm like wow how come this wasn't in my life before so did that with this raspberry leaf tea and what this raspberry leaf tea is supposed to do is that it helps with toning like your uterus and relaxing it and not only that they say that it's good for like period cramps but it's also good for like like ovulation it's supposed to be good for um like if you're like pregnant and being able to help you with like throughout your pregnancy and stuff so really tried this tea because I was just trying to help my you know my cramps and guys this tea is freaking amazing like it is so 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 good also this tea is supposed to help with like postpartum recovery like it's supposed to like help with strengthening your uterus so highly recommend it it really does the trick for period cramps and i looked up so many different articles and every article that i read they said that once that they were like really drinking it like it really helped with reducing the cramps and for some people like they stopped having cramps period so I was like okay I need to get on this tea because this is a tea that I want to be in my life forever so try the tea is it the best tasting tea no not gonna lie but I will say once I started having I first I started having I think like three cups a day and then I increased it because I saw on the back of the box that it said you can have three to four cups. So I was like, bet, I'm going to have four cups. And guys, like when I say that this tea actually did the trick for me and like had it where I did not even have to take like a naproxen or like an ibuprofen, like guys, this is legit. Like this tea is legit. So highly recommend it. So those were all of my foodie likes that I have been really liking as of late. Um, I can't really think of any dislikes, at least not immediately that pop into my head. Probably they will pop into my head once I'm done recording this episode and then I'll be like, I should have said that. But those are my foodie likes, so I guess I can get right into the allergy news. So the allergy news that I'm going to be talking about today is actually something that happened I think about like a couple weeks ago and it was about a bride um, overseas. She had died at her wedding reception after she suffered anaphylactic shock reportedly that was caused by a nut allergy. So she had like an extreme reaction when she ate sweet dishes at the meal that immediately followed her nuptials that took place at a Russian palace and apparently the woman she had suffered from a nut allergy since childhood and her relatives and her had told the cooks about her allergy in advance according to her family and the dishes that were served to the bride um, did contain nuts according to the different articles that I read about this story and it's just very 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 unfortunate because your wedding day is supposed to be just a very happy occasion and and, you know both sides of you know the families and it's very unfortunate that that's something that you really don't want to have to worry about is not only you know like when people are planning a wedding and stuff like that well I don't know if you do know and I don't know either because 
I'm not married, but for, I imagine based off of like watching like movies and like have going to weddings myself and have been a part of helping people with planning weddings that, you know, you put so much time and effort in making sure that every little detail of this very important day goes well and is pretty much perfect in, you know, your eyes and to know that there could be a chance that the food that's being served at your wedding could possibly kill you is a little scary to be honest and it's very 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 unfortunate that something like this happened I know when I very first saw this article I was just so shocked and it was just very sad to hear because I mean I can't imagine how this woman's family is feeling and you know her you know widowed husband now is feeling and it's just a very unfortunate situation for both parties involved it's it's just really sad definitely would not wish this on anybody at all also realizing the importance of educating people on food allergies and food allergy awareness because unfortunately I feel like if food allergy education was up to par and a lot more people were aware of food allergies and how putting the wrong thing in someone's dish could potentially put their life at risk it's just it's just very like I'm just just so lost for words right now like it's just very it's just a very very sad situation but I wanted to talk about a news article like this on the podcast because I want people to understand the seriousness of allergies in general and how your situation could go from zero to a hundred really really quick and it doesn't take much with your exposed to your allergen it's just so serious so hopefully people reading this article and learning about this story that happened overseas just allows people to really get a better understanding on wow like people can die from ingesting or being exposed to their allergen and for people for it to just stick into people's heads so that is the allergy news I know it's a little bit sad but I thought that it would be an interesting article to share with you all and like always I always link the allergy news article links in the show notes so definitely read it for yourself be able to check it out yourself now that I am done talking about the allergy news I guess I can get right into today's topic which is all about what is a latex allergy So I wanted to talk about latex and having a latex allergy because latex, it can be found in a lot of products that people use every day. It can be found in balloons, it can be found in rubber bands, it can be found in rubber household gloves, it can be found in rubber balls, bandages, you know, dog toys, um, just really just a lot of different products. And I also have a latex allergy and I wanted to use this episode to help with spreading more awareness about this type of allergy and the effect that it can have not only on your skin in terms of skin reactions but also how it can affect your diet in terms of what foods have proteins that are like the ones that are found in latex. So before I get into latex allergy I want to first explain basically what latex is. So latex, it's a natural rubber and it's made primarily from uh, the rubber tree Hevea brasiliensis and it's basically, this is basically like the sap of a Brazilian rubber tree and this also refers to like natural rubber products that are made from this sap from this tree. 
So that's kind of like the lowdown on latex, which I did not really know like latex is its origin. So I thought it was really cool to learn all of that type of stuff. But if you are not familiar with having a latex allergy, latex allergy is when you have a reaction to certain proteins that are found in natural rubber latex, which like I said, it's a product that is made from a rubber tree. So if you have a latex allergy, your body mistakes latex for being a harmful substance in your body. So for some people, they develop allergic reactions to latex the more that they come in contact with it, especially when it comes to things like latex gloves. I think that's like a really big one. I know for me, like I can't use latex gloves because I get like really bad like rash and like hives and stuff like that so I know that I can't use that on my skin so kind of going into that latex reactions they can vary so for some it can be something as minor as contact dermatitis so like I said like for me itchy skin and hives or it can be an anaphylactic reaction which is a potentially life-threatening condition that can cause like throat swelling and like severe difficulty breathing or it can progress from being a less serious reaction to a serious reaction. So the formal symptoms of having a latex allergy, you're likely to have symptoms after touching latex rubber products, like I said, like gloves or balloons. And you can also have symptoms if you breathe in latex particles that are released into the air when someone removes latex gloves, which I think is really, really interesting. Um, but like I said, latex allergy symptoms, they range from mild to severe and a reaction, it just depends on how sensitive you are to latex and the amount of latex that you touch or that you inhale. So your reaction can become worse with each additional latex exposure. So some of the mild symptoms include itching, skin redness, hives, or rash. And then the more severe symptoms include like sneezing, runny nose, itchy watery eyes, um, scratchy throat, difficulty breathing, wheezing, and then coughing. And then the life-threatening symptoms, which is where the anaphylaxis comes into play. If you aren't familiar with what anaphylaxis is, I have a whole episode dedicated to what is anaphylaxis and basically breaking down what an anaphylactic reaction is. But basically, long story short, an anaphylactic reaction, in this case for latex, it develops immediately after you're exposed to latex and people who are just very highly sensitive to it. Um, but it rarely happens the first time that you're exposed to it. And so some signs and symptoms of anaphylaxis with latex include difficulty breathing, a hyzer swelling, a nausea, vomiting, wheezing, uh, dizziness, loss of consciousness, uh, confusion, rapid or weak pulse, you know, things of that nature. So sometimes if you have a latex allergy, you can have a reaction even if you haven't even touched latex. And that's because when you are allergic to latex, you could also be allergic to certain foods and vice versa. So if you're allergic to certain foods, you may have an increased risk of developing latex allergy. And this is all called cross-reaction or uh, in terms of latex. In a latex allergy, it's called the latex reactive foods. And it only happens to some people. So if you're really sensitive to latex, your body reacts to certain proteins, you know, the ones that I talked about being found in the 
rubber tree sap. So some of the proteins are found in foods. So some of the latex reactive foods include like avocados, bananas, chestnuts, kiwis, apples, a carrot, um, celery, papaya, potatoes, tomatoes, hey that rhymed, um, and melons. So like latex reactions, cross reactions are different from person to person. So you may react to all foods that cause cross reactions or you might just react to one or maybe none. Like it just really just depends on you and your body and how sensitive you are to latex. So just to be on the absolute safer side of things, always ask your doctor for guidance on when you're eating these foods if you have a latex allergy just to be safe because you don't want to put yourself in a really bad position and potentially put yourself at risk and you might not know how sensitive you might be to certain foods. So always consult your doctor, allergist, or your healthcare professional just to just be on the safer side of things. So I know you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, like this is so much information to just like take in. Okay, just breathe in and breathe out, okay? So now you're probably thinking, okay, like what should I do if I have a latex allergy? Like how can I like prevent allergic reactions to latex? So plain and simple, just avoid latex. The only treatment for a latex allergy is just to prevent any type of contact with latex products. Um, also, really helps with getting a letter about your latex allergy from your doctor just to be on the safer side of things. Also, when you are um, coming in contact with other people, like if you work in you know, the healthcare industry, um, asking, you know, uh, the people around you to wear non-latex gloves. Also, asking your doctors, your dentists, and other healthcare workers to use latex-free gloves when they are around you. So, like nitrile uh, gloves are a really good option. And also, just making sure that you're checking labels to make sure that products that you are purchasing do not contain latex. And don't assume that things that say hypoallergenic are latex free, you're gonna have to look at the ingredients list or the labels yourself to make sure of that. Um, so for preparing for anaphylaxis due to latex, make sure that you have some sort of an anaphylaxis action plan. And usually you'll come up with this with your doctor and they'll give you like a step-by-step -step plan on what to do in case of an emergency. It's really important to learn how to self-inject the epinephrine because it's a medicine of choice that helps with treating um, allergic reactions or anaphylaxis. Um, so it's really important that you know how to self-inject that. Also, it's really important to make sure that you have two auto-injectors near you at all times just to be on the safer side of things. Also, making sure that you teach the people that you spend a lot of time with when you're going out and about how to be able to use the auto injectors um, just in case something pops off and you can't do it yourself. Um, it's just really important to make sure that the people around you, your loved ones, your family, your friends, um, your significant others are aware um, of how to act in those types of situations with you. That's really, really important. So I hope you all found this episode to be really, really helpful. Like I said, I wanted to do an episode about latex allergy because you're 
more likely to encounter latex in so many different ways like I said you can come across it in gloves you can come across it with sanitary pads diapers rubber bands computer mouse pads balloons rubber toys like I said for dog toys I know for me with my dog we don't get um like toys that have latex in them I always look at the labels for her toys to make sure of that because if I'm going to be playing with my dog I can't touch that type of a toy so just making sure that the environment um, around me is latex free um, so I thought that this would be a really helpful episode to also spread awareness about latex allergy because it's around us so much that I think a lot of people don't really know that you can actually be allergic to it so hopefully this episode helps with educating other people on a latex allergy but also just to be on the safer side of things I always say this in these types of episodes make sure that you are consulting your healthcare professional a doctor an allergist etc because I am not a doctor I'm not an allergist I'm not a healthcare professional and I don't claim to be these are just um, things that I've come across based off of personal experience or things that I've looked up um, and have done research on from like academic journals, research papers, doing things like that. And I also always link additional resources in the show notes from, you know, the AAFA and, you know, things of that nature and organizations like that, just so you all can do the research yourselves and you can become educated on these types of topics yourself um, because I think it's really important for people who are allergic to certain allergens to read up on their allergen and make sure that they're well educated and they know everything and anything there is to know about their allergen. So if you are not subscribed to the Oh My Allergies podcast, you definitely should hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, please, please, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts if you have not done so already. It really helps with growing the Oh My Allergies community and it also helps with us being able to get you guys' feedback on the show, which you guys like, which you guys want more of, which you guys want less of, just to be able to know how you guys are enjoying the podcast. And also make sure you are sharing this podcast with people you know and people that you don't know. And I will talk to you all in another episode. Bye, guys.